You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. In this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, I'm talking to Alicia Henderson. Alicia is the creative genius and go-getter behind Sweet Bakes Cakes, the author and designer of the Storybook Sweets range of children's books, a speaker, Instagrammer, and so much more. This podcast was recorded in audio and video, so I highly encourage you to take some time out and watch the recording on YouTube. Alicia's journey with Sweet Bakes started when she was just 19, which is a very young age to start a successful business. Alicia is one of the highest energy and positive young people that I've come across. So it was my pleasure to talk with her about her inspiring journey and young business, and also about how to hustle, online marketing, getting the motivation to push forward, mindfulness, sticking your neck out when everyone else says, don't give it a shot, scaling a business, and so much more. On behalf of Kate and myself, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Alicia, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. It's uh, it's pretty special because I feel like in once removed circles, we kind of like know each other. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I know. You're like out where I grew up. We should have um, lots of mutual acquaintances. Yeah, yeah, true. (laughs) And um, that's kind of like Kate, who's normally with me. Mm -hmm. uh, She she jumped onto Instagram and realized all the things that you were doing yeah. saying how cool it was. And then I've had friends that are like, oh, yeah, we know Alicia, you know, sweet oh. babes, all this sort of stuff. So it's kind of like every, all these forces are like pulling us together to have a conversation like Absolutely. This. Hopefully they said nice things. Oh, yeah, it was all good. It was all great. Um, for, for those who don't know, I think maybe just to set the scene, um, you've created this, I would say, a brand. It's a business. Mm-hmm. It's a brand. It's kind of like everything online, mm-hmm. everything cakes and sweets. And it's a really interesting business because 
My impression is, and I don't want to steal your thunder here, my impression <laughs> is it's not just what's on the surface. Like, there's a lot more to it. Mm. I think with most businesses there are. Mm. But one of the things that would be really cool to know is kind of like where you grew up and I guess the, the formation of the, the idea and where you get this confidence from, I think mm. it's like exude confidence. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and, <laughs> and how, like what led you to starting your own business? Because mm. you did it quite young. Yes. So why don't I just throw it over to you, yeah. kind of like where did you grow up and then what inspired you, I guess? Yeah. Well, I've got to say this career is never something I had visualized for myself or not something that I had even thought existed. Mm-hmm. I think the confidence thing is just pure enthusiasm for what I do. I sort of take that approach to all things. I'm just excited yeah. about it. Um, so I was always a dancer growing right. up. I think that maybe that helps through there's like a performer element yeah. to my personality. Um, so I was always a dancer and been working as a professional dancer since I was about 15, 16. Um, and knew that that was going to be a short-lived career if I chose to do that. So got to sort of the end of high school and loved writing and um, thought maybe a career in media was something I would like to do. So got myself into a journalism degree at the end of high school. Right. Danced full-time for six months and was like, this is really hard way to make money. I'm not really, not really vibing this, so I'll go to yep. uni. Did the journalism degree and started baking cookies as a hobby, just a pure fun outlet. Um, and at this time, a very crucial time, is when this platform or this app on a phone called Instagram began to get some traction. And I was posting those cookies and things I was baking on there and very quickly had friends and not friends, people I'd never met before, notice them and say, hey, can we, can we order this? I was yeah, like, right. oh pocket money okay yeah, like yeah. cool so yeah. I um very quickly this will become a theme without much thought <laughs> registered a business name sweet bags uh jumped online and grabbed the website and applied to the council how do I set up a kitchen and went guns blazing at 19 years old and started sweet bags and we're still here it's been seven years so it's pretty cool cool that's yeah <laughs> I feel like you get you managed to tell us kind of like the high level like that's like the elevator pitch and a pretty tremendous one but I'd love to know a bit more about because mm. so Sophie, um, the designer for RAS, the gun designer, she <laughs> knows you personally, and yes. um, she told me some things about you. So mm-hmm. my research process was pretty easy this time. Oh, around. easy! Um, the stuff that's not on Google. Yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. All will be revealed. Um, so she said one thing. Were you school captain? Yes, <laughs> you were school captain, right? So. Yep. Okay, so you're kind of like a, I guess, a natural leader anyway, or? I think so. I feel weird admitting that. Does that sound like completely no. arrogant? I think I think so. Um, I find myself in leadership positions in different facets of my life. I think I put the most pressure on myself and expect great things from myself, and that's why I kind of find myself, yeah, mm. as a bit of a leader. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, so you kind of like put it on yourself. And, yeah, 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 definitely. And another thing then, because... Because if you put it on yourself, when you were younger, mm-hmm. did you see anyone around you that you thought that was really inspiring? Like, did you draw any mm. inspiration from family, from friends, from books, from people you saw in the media or anything like that? I think oh, I have always been highly ambitious and I'm a bit of a person like, if I'm not going to be the best at it, then I'm not doing it. So I right. really like strive for yep. big things. And I think my head is in the clouds a little bit. Like <laughs> the dreams are, are pretty intense. But uh, my dad is, uh, he has his own business and company and is a freelance um, TV cameraman. So it's always been on his shoulders to uh, 
get his own work to to be resourceful with his skill set and the way that he hustles. Yeah. Um, so I think perhaps unknowingly I kind of absorbed yep. seeing that from him um, and I, de- I definitely work in a similar way. Like, okay, that it rests on me to um, create the life that I want to create. Yeah, you have to work hard. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what about early, early um, I guess, signs of entrepreneurship from you? So mm-hmm. was there anything before Sweet Bakes that you did like for pocket money or was it, you know, small businesses that you might have started off? Because you were a professional dancer or professional yeah. cheerleader, is that right? Yeah, yeah. both. Um, so we were dancing, uh, I think I was 16 when I started dancing at the the MBL, the, the cheerleaders there. Oh, we did all yeah. that and we're doing all sorts of shows and bits and pieces. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where if that was the entrepreneurial of me. It was just something I loved. And anything that I think that I'm passionate about, I go like full pelt yeah. towards. I, have, yeah. um, I don't necessarily think of, not think of the consequences, but just follow my enthusiasm and I've really always done that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is like a finance thing, I guess, mm. but it's more a business thing as well. You kind of like move fast and break things and if they break, yes. then that's okay. You just go to the next. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Um, so one thing that when I interview a lot of people and people that start businesses in particular, I notice this, this thread of entrepreneurship kind of weaves through their life mm-hmm. and it generally starts young really with something. I'm really nervous about the word entrepreneur. <laughs> No, no, well, and it's, it, so by definition, right, an entrepreneur is anyone that takes risk. Yes, right? so, I, I felt like it's always shrouded in mystery. Someone it is. who's like, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm like, but what do you actually do? Yeah, I find if, I find if they lead with that, then yeah. that's like a strong like, oh, signal that like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if they don't use that word themselves, yeah. if someone else puts that label upon them, I yeah. think that's a bit different. Cool. We agree on yeah. that front, yeah. yeah. Cool, okay. So you'd never go out like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not, no, like, yeah. gosh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but I feel like people, like, you see that in their in their track record. They kind mm-hmm. of take risk. If it doesn't work, doesn't work. If it yes. does, then that's great. Yeah. And it's kind of a signal to keep going. Yeah. Um, so I can see that kind of like with you because mm. did you ever have like a, an, I guess, a quote unquote normal job like before studying Sweet Um I suppose I had a few different like little part-time jobs growing yeah. up. I worked in a couple of like retail shops, like bonds and things yeah. like that. But a lot of the things I did were of my own doing. So being like a netball umpire or something I think I did, which kind of takes like your own yep. resources or your own confidence to do those sorts of things. But it was definitely like that dancing wavelength. I think that little dabble in retail, I was like, ah, oh, hmm. it wasn't a big enough yeah. uh, ceiling for me to, yeah, <laughs> to break yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. For sure. No, that's, that's fair enough. How about then if we just skip forward a little bit, mm. you've, you, we go to when you're at uni yes. and um, you give up effectively taking this traditional course of study mm. and finishing your degree and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And you go straight into the business. Did you think that like at any time that this is a really risky thing for me to do? Or do you just kind of just feel, you go by what you feel? Yeah. Well, like I said, my, I think that my head is in the clouds, but my feet are still always firmly planted on the ground mm-hmm. with everything I do. And this will sound like a really negative way to think, but I actually find that it's really comforting. If you assess your worst case scenario, which people don't often do, mm-hmm. like really have a good look at what your worst case scenario is, it's probably not that bad. And for me, that looked like, okay, I might invest some money, heaps of time um, into starting a business. Where will I end up? And if that means moving back in with my parents and like, we're going to be okay. That yep. was my worst case scenario. So looking yep. at that and being like, oh, that's fine gave me like extreme confidence to keep keep moving forward but when I did leave uni um Sweetbakes had been operating for a year before I went full-time with it and the demand was there 
So I had, right. I, I could see the work that um, I could take on. The demand was there before I made that decision to actually leave the, the uni course. Yeah. Sorry, mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure they're very proud <laughs> they're of They're okay you. with it now. Yeah, 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 yeah they are. Um, so it was kind of like, like one thing I, I, I've said recently is don't test the water with both both feet. Yeah. So you didn't just jump off with not even a – like it, was, it wasn't no, just an idea. There no was actually money coming to you. Yes. And were you, the, were you making money from day one? Uh, not much because I didn't know my value and I think – in the industry, in cake world, what I was doing was a bit different at that time. And a lot of the pricing was a bit shrouded in mystery. Like I was constantly logging on to other cake decorators and wedding cake websites. I was like, why can't I find out what the price is of this? What am I supposed to be charging? So I didn't know yeah. what the industry standard was and I didn't know my own value. So I wasn't making great money straight off the bat, mm-hmm. no way. But assessing if I left uni and the amount of time that I would then have to make like seven, 10, 15 wedding cakes a week doing that math. So I was like, oh yeah, we can do this. Yeah, yeah this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of like, hey, you kind of, it's just like, dare I say it, kind of like a back of the envelope kind of thing. Like mm. this is the, this, if I consult for this and I can do this many, yes. then I'll make this much kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. How about the, uh, so that's like kind of like a business plan, right? And I think mm. for, for some of the really good businesses, that's pretty much as hard as it needs to be. Mm. Like you know the demand's there mm. and then you have you know, a product that people are already buying. Yes. Like there's a proof of concept. How about when it comes to, like you said, you set up a web domain, you, you noticed Instagram in the early days, which we'll come back to. Yeah. Did you, did you lean on anyone else or can you remember kind of like the information discovery process where you went like, all right, I need to start a business. Do mm-hmm. I start, a, like, am I just going to do this in my own name or do I need a company? Like, do you remember doing yeah. any of that? Well, so I think this is where I made mistakes probably for at least the first 18 months, two years. Um, from the creative side of the marketing, I was pretty good at that and quite resourceful with learning how to build my own websites and do my own design and my own photography. All of that I had a pretty good grip on. Yep. Um, from the financial side, I was operating under a personal ABN, which is what I had as a dancer, yep. and hadn't even <laughs> opened up a separate bank account. Yep. So all of my income and all my outgoings were coming through that personal account and it was an absolute nightmare when we came to tax time. <laughs> Those first years, like just awful. My mum's a bookkeeper and she was doing oh, it right. and was just like, oh my God. Like, yeah. I think she's still traumatized by what happened <laughs> in those two years. So um, it just sounds so obvious, but that would be a massive tip. Like separate your business finances, get a debit card, a really great um, digital invoicing accounting system. I use one that's very visual because that's how yeah. I work. I need yeah. something very visual. But those first years I was sending like manual invoicing and yeah, just a disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because your, your mum was a bookkeeper. Mm. Um, and then so did she help you with a lot of that stuff? She stuff? does because she does, does that under dad's company. Oh, of course. But so at the same yeah. time, the momentum of my business was unprecedented. Like we weren't we weren't expecting to happen what happened. So I didn't get the chance to set all those things up from the outset because we were sort of chasing our tails and just going with it for those yep. first two years. So it was headaches um, and would be the only thing that I would say, oh, maybe set that up before you start. The rest of it you can figure out as you go, but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny because I think about like a like a – like a bell curve, if you probably mm. have to go back to school to think about a bell yep. curve, but like a distribution. <laughs> Don't get of, too technical. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But like in terms of like people's understanding of almost everything. Mm. So what I find is that with a lot of um, people who start businesses, really successful businesses, they're either at one end of the scale when it comes to 
um, then this is kind of like the lower end of the scale. They're just not aware of all of the things that they should know. So yes. they just they just see demand. They just see an idea and they yes. pursue it. Yeah. And well, I was 19 yeah. too. Like they don't teach us this stuff in school. No. So I was very very green on just the workings of an actual business. Like the creative stuff was natural. All of that other those other things I did have no idea. And I think the resources that are available now, like this podcast, where were you? <laughs> Seven years ago, please. <laughs> I didn't have those. Yep. I had a Google search bar. My business is built off a, a Google search bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's one of the things that's really interesting, right? So I'll come back to the analogy. There's some people that are right down there and they have to mm. educate themselves. And mm. there's people at the other end who mm. kind of know it all. And those tend to be the two people that pursue businesses. And yeah. everyone else, the majority of people don't because they – you know, they're worried about what's holding them back. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's one of the things. Like, I don't know enough or this or that. Yeah. Um, When, if you were just a little bit, you know, what do I say, naive or a bit more like educated on it, you would know what you can and can't do and just go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Being naive is, it's a good thing, but you're supposed to grow through the process. You're not supposed to have it all figured out from the start. And I think it's nice to watch the progress you made. And even my community online they love it too like it has been this journey and people who've been there from the start really mm. respect seeing the growth of my business yeah for sure they would it's it well especially if they've been following you from the early days yeah it's yeah. pretty cool <laughs> yeah. do you ever meet people like do you ever yeah i mean from instagram i communicate a lot i'm very interactive with people who message me because i appreciate it so much i think yeah. it's it's awesome so this digital community that i have are all around australia and the world so i can't get to meet all of them yeah. but i get such a kick when i meet people or I'm delivering a cake or something and I get to meet them face to face and they tell me like oh I've been following since such and such I'm like oh thank you that's yeah. so cool thanks yeah it's kind of like the butterflies for a moment that you feel like really good about this and yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm grateful for it I mean they don't have to follow me so it's really nice that they um sure. spend a little bit of their day hanging out with me online <laughs> yeah for sure I remember when so for our business I remember when I first started and you can see how many people read things mm. or look at your stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember um, you'd see like one person has read something. You're like, cool. Yes, Two people are like, made it. great. Like, <laughs> and I think um, for you, and we'll come back to this kind of like overall marketing mm. kind of plan and how you think about quality. But um, I think like eventually that snowballs and that feeling, it doesn't go away, but the numbers might get a bit bigger. <laughs> so yeah. I know, like, it goes from one to maybe 100 to 1,000 or yeah. something like that. I try yeah. not to get caught up in the numbers because I think it – um, if you're pushing for how much engagement did this get or how many likes and all that sort of stuff, you just get wrapped up in the with the wrong intentions. Um, I forget how many people are actually on my Instagram and yeah. I think it's a good thing because it's a lot. And I think yeah. it would freak me out if I'm like, oh, gosh, should I say that? Well, yeah. I've said it now, so yeah. <laughs> don't think about it. <laughs> Imagine 200,000, 240,000. I think oh, I've, I've done my research standing outside right now just looking at I don't know, know you, what yeah. that looks like. Yeah. I don't want to know what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, I think it's credit to you the way you kind of nurtured that and you have that relationship. Like the internet and everything that, you know, has happened over the last 10 mm. years, Instagram, mm. we – Things have gone from like a one-to-one, so just like a conversation like this, to a one-to-many. But I think mm. the people that kind of win are the people that stick with that one-to-one kind of like treasure every moment that they have with someone. Yeah. So I think that's why it's really important. Yeah. That, that's the way that you, you kind of carry on your business. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, let's fast forward. So in your journey, so the business, mm. um, what were you making and selling initially? Initially, uh, I was doing like all sorts of things, huge, big wedding cakes, little mini desserts, birthdays, weddings, christenings, you name it. Um, was very interested in the wedding market because I love that. Um, yeah. And also it was smart business to be making more wedding cakes. They were bigger. 
um, we don't charge a premium on wedding cakes or anything like that. They were <laughs> yeah. just bigger and it was smarter for me to take on like 10 of those a week than it was 10 little cakes. I loved that part of it. Um, my business has been pivoting before pivoting became a buzzword. Yeah. So it's changed a lot, yeah. a lot of times since then. But originally that's what it was. Yeah. Tell, tell us about some of those pivots. I know there's a few things yeah. in the air right now. Um, so I began teaching, which was just another facet of the business. So teaching other bakers mm -hmm. um, and home bakers and all that sort of stuff, how to create cakes. Uh, then I pulled right back on doing orders about two, three-ish years ago um, and focused on my children's book, which came yep. out last year. So, oh, I get to be an author now, which is really exciting. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote and illustrated that um, and really put my eggs in that basket and still yeah. am following that journey. Um, so I was only teaching and working on books. And I get to use my Instagram platform as well as this really fun sort of creative space where I can work with other brands um, and make some really amazing video content and recipes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, cool. So yeah. the books thing was kind of how, how Sophie mm -hmm. here, she, she, she first alerted me to you and what you were doing. I thought, yeah. that's pretty cool. Like it's a, Thanks. It's, it's, a, it's a good compliment to the business that you already run, right? Yeah, yeah. and I think it ties in everything. Like, I mean, the journalism degree that I was doing, I don't think I was that interested in asking hard-hitting questions. I just really like to write. So it's kind of a bit full circle of combining all these things that I love. There's mm. the words, there's the recipes in the back about the characters, but then there's the illustrations too, which brings in the artistry of the cake life. So yeah, it's yeah. got a lot of love in, the, in yeah. those pages. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's talk about that. So Millie Muffin, mm -hmm. yeah, that's mm -hmm. the main character. Main character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what does she do? Uh, Millie is the story of a poor little ugly muffin who wants to be a beautiful cupcake, okay. naturally. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so it's a really positive story with this message about it's about inner beauty because muffins are delicious. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, cupcakes. I would rather eat a muffin. Um, <laughs> so she kind of goes on this little self-discovery journey, meeting lots of friends along the way, like Maddie Marshmallow and Papa Pie and all that sort of fun stuff. So kids get to read about it, get this great message. But then in the back of the book, there's recipes so they can bake all their friends to life, which is That's another so yeah, cool. really fun. Really, I, I think really it's cool. Thanks. Yeah, I like it. So, um, so this is kind of like, I would say, you know, most good things start as like an adjunct to the core mm. business. Mm -hmm. When you so you wrote this book yourself because yeah I wrote it in the notes of my iPhone like years ago it just this little idea came to my head and I was like oh quick right. just write that down and smash it out in the notes of my iPhone it was sitting there um, for a couple of years until a publisher reached out to me to wanting to do a cookbook I'm like oh actually I've got a different else. idea yeah <laughs> cool and did you so did you do all the like the artwork and the yeah. drawings yeah, as well yes which was a massive challenge for me because um, I paint a lot on my cakes that's my yep. favorite way to decorate cakes is to paint so I'd never painted on paper before which I know just sounds backwards most people would learn to paint on paper before they did it on a cake yeah. for me it was the opposite and trying to create uh, scenes and illustrate a book like I had not done that before so it took me the better part of a year I sat down every day because I was really no good and I don't know why the publisher let me illustrate it from the original things I sent them they were atrocious <laughs> but chipped away at this thing every single day practicing 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 until it got to a level that right before publishing yeah, yeah. <laughs> went, right before Naturally, it went to print yeah, yeah. <laughs> it got uh, good enough to go yeah cool and then so so you've you've, you've written it up you've you know you've got the, the mm. notes from your, your iphone mm -hmm. um you've done the the design of it mm -hmm. then when it come to like promoting it how did mm. you do that was it like you obviously 
used Instagram? I'm yes. Yes. What else did you do? Uh, so we did quite a bit of PR, like we did a few TV appearances, like Studio 10 and all that sort of fun, kitschy stuff to, <laughs> yeah, to get it yeah. out there. But um, so through my Instagram platform is how I'm heavily promoting it, but also going to schools, which I'm hoping I get to do again soon now that school yeah. is back and we can uh, go back to a bit of normality. So I was doing school visits, which is so much fun. Kids are like my people. We kind of operate on the same excited <laughs> levels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was a really great way to promote the book and um, get great feedback. I now have... Um, like I've already written so many stories, but kids come up with their own characters, their own alliteration characters. Yeah. So I have like books full of huh. new characters that kids have invented for me. So great market research. That's been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can get the feedback. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Cool, I'm going to steal that. Might credit you. See how we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How old are you? Oh, no, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um, that's really cool. Like I find that like, a really inspiring thing, not only because you're trying to do something new, but you've done it yourself. Um <laughs> One of the things that a lot of people in business probably fail to do, and they probably don't, they probably fail to do this too, too, like, they just fail to do it, I Mm. guess, in general, is Mm. they don't take that feedback from people. So one of the most important things you can do is kind of listen, listen, (laughs) right? Listen to what they're saying. Listen, see what they're buying, sure, but listen to what they're saying. It's so easy to listen now. Like, I always say that I'm just dropping ideas into the atmosphere. My atmosphere is Instagram, and I get instant feedback. Yep. What do you like? What are you buying? What sticks? It's, yeah. just, it's so easy to have instant feedback now without investing a whole bunch of time and money. Just show them a little sneak peek of something or even if you haven't physically made the product, be like, this is what I'm working on. See see how we go. Listen. Really listen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you think, but I think that's probably most important when you're just starting out, right? Yes. Yeah. Is there a demand for this? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, you know, I think it's so important. We talked about like, you said knowing the downside, which I totally agree with you. It's kind of like move back in with your parents yeah. or a friend or whatever it yeah, might be. I, like for most people, and I think people listening to this, it's probably not that bad. And humans are programmed to survive, really. Look at what we've all just been through with this whole lockdown thing. If you had have shown us that scenario a year ago, be like, no way, couldn't yeah. do it, couldn't get through it, but I'm, we all have. Yeah. Um, so that's not the ultimate motivation to do something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah true. You said um, before we started recording too, I, I was saying how my Instagram game is not very strong. Yeah. And you were like, well, it I've should be. i fix it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, you've said, you you also said, you know, that's the challenge, right? You're excited by the challenge, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, and you're I, like, no, I, it's, I think it's a challenge. It's obviously exciting. very easy for me. Cake is so visual and Instagram is an online gallery. Yeah. Um, so I've got I've got it easy. I won't <laughs> lie. But I like look at people like dentists or someone who sells a vacuum. I'm like, don't you want to like, I don't know, see how you can rise to this occasion? Like, what amazing, funny, inspiring content! Like, surely there's a, there's an audience for everything. Yeah, you just gotta sure. be smart about it. Yeah, for sure you do. Let's talk about that a bit because people, um, Instagram in particular. You said you were early. You were like an early adopter of the platform, which. Mm. It's great because you kind of like ride, ride on the coattails Absolutely. of the, the platform itself. Yeah. Let's, let's hypothetically say that you're starting a business today and you're selling artwork, mm-hmm. right? So a bit different to Cakes. Mm-hmm. How would you go about thinking about the different platforms like mm-hmm. um, demographics or the target audience and marketing? How do you think about that from a high level? Mm, um, well, I've noticed the shift because I do have Facebook as well, but I hardly post on there now because I've watched that really kilter off. I think that that space is definitely an older crowd. Um, And I look at my own behaviors. If I'm the target audience for my own product, like where am I purchasing things from? And I think that's a really smart thing to do. Like where am I going and buying things? Or just ask people, where are you purchasing your stuff? Um, Facebook, I don't shop online there. Instagram, 
Definitely. I'm yep. linking through different things. But Instagram is so visual. So anything that you, if it's visual, Instagram yep. is your go-to. And it's so easy to link out externally from Instagram. There's all these swipe up functions and link in bio and all that sort of stuff. So even if you're just using that to post images, it's very easy to direct people mm-hmm. to, you know, your store or something like that. But I would say start with everything. Post the same kind of content, taper it a little bit yep. for the platforms, but post it everywhere and see what gains momentum. Yeah, right. Because there's so many different platforms. You know, you've got mm. Facebook, Instagram, yes. TikTok, uh, oh, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube. How about when it comes to websites? You said before that, because um, I feel like, the website is a destination. It's not kind of like you don't use – like it's very hard to – people kind of – Well, it, would de- it a, depends. Yeah. The way my business used to be was it was just that I wanted them to go to the inquiry form and send me an email so we could yep. chat over there. But now my website is set up as an online shop. Yep. So everything comes through that website and it's crucial that I'm moving people through that platform. I'm also really um, aware of not putting all my eggs in the Instagram basket. They are there right now, but I'm trying to filter people now to – an email list as well uh, because I don't want my business to suffer if something ever happens to Instagram. They're always changing the algorithm and all these sorts of crazy things. If that platform ceases to exist one day, I don't want my business so tied up in that that I've got no other plans. So having backup resources for that community is really important too. That's a really uh, neat thought process and the way you kind of package it there because people think not only just in terms of like marketing, which Mm. is what we're talking about here, but that can... I guess, cross over into the business more broadly as well. Yes. Like you don't want to, you've got the book, you've got, or you could do teaching mm. and then you've got, you know, cake mail mm-hmm. and you've got, <laughs> you know, actually just cooking the cakes and selling them. You've got all these different things that yeah. kind of complement each other, but they also de-risk your business as much as they provide for yes. growth, right? And it's always been set up like that. Yeah. I've had my hands in many literal and metaphoric pies, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> many different revenue streams, yep. um, which gives me so much security. Like there's things that are very obvious that I'm doing and then there's things behind the scenes. Like I work on product collaborations. Like I've got a range of products with certain businesses that also generate income for me, all those sorts of things. Some are like plastered all over my website and some are not. Um, but that's just smart business, I think. I mean, it's exciting stuff for me to mm. always be working on different things, but smart business, not just relying on one income stream all the time. For sure. Speaking of relying on one thing, Mm. um, I imagine the early days you were able to lean on other people. In recent times, have you hired anyone? No. No? Could you see yourself doing that? Yes, potentially. Um, I've just moved into a new massive commercial kitchen space, which is going to be amazing. So Mm -hmm. there is definitely the space to do so. I'm aware that me creating the cakes is part of the experience. Yeah. Um, I remember reading this thing in high school textbook, and I don't know why it always really stuck with me, but it was, I don't know what the exact numbers was, but the majority of businesses go out of business because they scale too fast. And I don't know why that just really, really stuck with me. So I've always been really hesitant about, there's been momentum, but Hiring people and taking on that responsibility did scare me a little bit. I've been doing this for seven years and only now after seven years, having assessed my industry from a whole bunch of angles, Mm. would now feel confident in taking someone else on board and scaling the business. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always a risk, right? Yes. Um, It is. If if you were to hire someone, here's a Mm -hmm. kind of like a theoretical question. Mm -hmm. If you were to hire someone, Mm -hmm. what would you be looking for in a person? 
I like to be the ideas person. So if I can remove myself from the physical baking, which is the bit that I did fall out of love with a couple of years ago, having someone who can come and take on that for me, but also just be like super independent <laughs> would yeah. be really important for me. People who can like, I don't like to give that much instruction, do your own thing under the Sweet Bakes brand would be ideal. Yeah. It's, it's one thing I, I don't think you appreciate until you've run your own business. Having someone that you can just be like, this is the problem we have. Yeah. Can you please fix this? Yes. It's so important. But then someone yes. comes into the job and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can say that. So you kind of have to empower them to be yeah. like, it's okay if you break I things. I what I would be like as a boss too. I think it would be interesting because I've never really been an employee. Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't like you wouldn't know if anyone any ever working or... for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you've got to be an independent thinker yep. to hang out with Sweetbanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, cool. Um, how about when it comes to like you as a person? I, I, I feel like scaling is risky. Yes. But also not scaling to a certain mm. level is risky too because mm-hmm. you burn out, right? It's yes. like the one person yeah. band. Yeah. Um, I've done that too. Yeah. Mm. How, could, uh, one of the things with Instagram is very visual. There's a lot of photos of you. There's a lot of photos of the cakes. Yeah. You know, there's all these different things you've got to do. And it's kind of like you've got to feed the appetite of your audience. Mm. Does it, like, do you get, do you feel a lot of pressure? Um, I think I said this kind of earlier. I do, but I don't because I am putting so much pressure on myself. I sort of think if I'm satisfied with what I'm doing, then probably no one else is putting as much pressure on me as I am. I actually do refer to Instagram as a hungry beast, though. Like you said, it is because it is. You do need to feed it constantly. You need to be showing up every day. But I like being held accountable for Mm. that. It keeps me moving forward. The only times I feel like I've burnt out – I'm a hard worker. I love to work hard. Like I really thrive off of that. When I've burnt out, it's because I felt like I'm working hard in the wrong direction. Right. Yeah the moments where you're on the floor, like this is not worth it. It's like I'm ready to work hard, but I'm going that way and I want to go that way. So that's the only times that I've I've felt like that. So I've restructured, rearranged, stopped baking, yep. taught more, done all of that sort of stuff. Been okay. very flexible with the way that I'm feeling and the business can then move in those directions. So you've kind of self-assessed, you've thought this mm. is my limit, this is my capacity. Yep. I know that and I'm conscious of that now. Yep. And you kind of maybe you have to push the limits to that yeah, and then, and then yeah. discover where that line is. Yes, I think you do. I think you need to know where your limits are for sure. I notice my own behavior patterns too. I like to work in a way where I go really, really, really hard for say three weeks, but then I pull the brake on really hard too and have like four days off or a whole week of just small tasks. But I yeah. like to work like that. Like let's do all of these projects in one hit, but there's an, I can see the end. When I feel like I'm getting caught up on that wheel of like there's no end in sight of this chaos is when I get stressed we yeah. try not to enter anywhere near that stress level we what, don't want to be stressed <laughs> what do you do to de-stress um massive believer that you, i hate the term like work-life balance i don't think yeah. that's a thing i think it's all life not so as, treat not as a business owner no no, no but it's yeah. all life in general like enjoy yeah. and all facets of it so um i really i exercise every day making sure i'm doing that huge um preacher of meditation mindfulness gratitude always start my day doing those things i think they really enable me to be much better in my business when i'm taking care of myself Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good one um you don't often take not most people don't take enough time to think about themselves right i think it's hard when you i love what i do like sometimes i will stay up all night working in the kitchen and then i'll come home and be like oh 
can't just jump online and come up with a new idea. I love what I do, so it is hard to stop to and breathe yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, there's a quote here I'm taking from your website. I assume you wrote it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, it says you, you, you've taken the approach that life is meant to be lived with total joy, mm-hmm. which is such a cool phrase. I Thanks. really like that. It's really, oh. <laughs> it's really inspiring. And that's the, my next point is how do you think of yourself now? I asked you at the top of the show how um, or who you kind of gravitated towards if there was anyone that inspired you. Mm. How do you think about you inspiring other people now? Does <laughs> Is that something that you, I guess, you take note of more now that you've got such a following and your business Um, is successful? I think I do, and it's become more apparent to me in the last few months as well. I know you touched on it in your previous podcast about the cake mail thing. The sense of community is massive for me. We could talk about that. But I sort of put this call out to other bakers when the corona thing happened and everyone started to panic about cake mail. I was like, hey, this is a service I used to offer years ago where you just post cake out to Australia and people love it and it'll keep your business afloat. So it was a product that I was selling, but the push was like other bakers, hey, how can you do what you do but post it? So watching the response that came from that was so, so humbling. It was really beautiful watching all of these bakery businesses reach out to me and I was sharing all of those Um, people that did that I was like I'll shout you out on my page like let's do it that momentum was amazing so that really showed me oh there are people watching maybe perhaps other bakers are looking at me for I've always I think written on my Instagram bio too like my page is a source of inspiration and education (laughs) c-a-k-t I can't even spell it but you know cute cute (laughs) um yeah and I would hope that people would would be inspired by it. And it's cake. It's joyful. That's why I write like life is meant to live with total joy. Like cake is such a joyful, pleasant, happy space and it shouldn't ever not feel that way. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is, I think, but you know, it can go above and beyond because you're doing a podcast like this, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about cakes and we talk about Instagram and all these mm-hmm. things, but it goes above and beyond that too, right? Mm-hmm. Because if, if, if there, and you know, I'm going to talk about this. It's can be a sensitive to- topic sometimes, but I find that particularly with young women who have these great ideas, right? Men kind of just, yeah, whatever, we'll just go and do it, right? But women kind of have these great ideas and they don't have the confidence to go and put a photo of 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 themselves online or anything like that. Like, I I just feel like you could, and I don't want to put the pressure on you, but, you know, inadvertently even, Mm. you might be someone that inspires those people. And that's kind of cool, right? Yeah, I love that. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm, like, really flattered. No, no, no. Um, well, I would hope that I am um, and from people seeing me, whether it's because I am a girl or because I don't take business that seriously. Like, I mm. I do it with a sense of fun and that would be inspiring to people. I like to say that you don't have to be serious to be taken seriously. I think that if I've ever faced any adversity in um, my career so far, it's been from people who think that I'm a bit of a joke. I've, I've experienced right. that a couple of times, but I've always been like, well, watch me prove you wrong. You really don't have to be like a boring, serious person to be yeah. successful. So I hope that inspires men or women yeah. um, to take that approach in their own businesses too. Yeah, it's interesting you say you, know, <laughs> you don't have to be serious to be taken seriously. Yeah. Like our business in finance kind of the most serious thing in the world, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or at least it seems yeah. to be. Like, you try and just keep it as, you know, as fun as possible. And that does, I think you do. does yeah. push a few people away. But at the same time, mm. 
To be honest, I don't really care. Great. Because... And that is when the second part of your life begins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't care because, I mean, like, it's me. Mm. If you don't like me, then see you later. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you yep. just... I don't care. Yeah. How do you deal with then people <laughs> that, you know, are, are trolls or people that are really negative? Like, how do you process that? I have been very fortunate to not experience a lot of that. I've got to say, I I have like a zero tolerance policy for that in my space, in my community. If there's anything negative, I'm like, have absolutely no problem with being like block and delete. Um, But I am a people pleaser and can be a yes person. And I think it maybe came from just being young too. So now at 26, I'm much more confident in myself and who I am and what I do to be like, okay, if you don't like it, that that is fine. I'm still, I don't have the answers fully to, to dealing with that because I'm still learning that myself, but you, you really can't please everybody yeah. at the end of the day. You'll find your people and work yeah. to them. I, I, this is, I'm going to put my other hat on here. And I always, so I come across people and I'm like, you know what? You really run me the wrong way. I don't like yeah. what you stand for or who you are. Mm-hmm. And then I went on one of their social media profiles, this person, right? I won't name who they were. You went on an Instagram stalk. No, no, no I, well, it was Twitter, so it was oh. probably even worse. <laughs> um, and so I went on and then it was funny. It was just ironic. The mm. first thing that they said, this was not to me, it was not to, I don't know what it was in reply to. They said, you can't be everything to everyone. Yeah. Right? And you are not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Help no, me out. It is um, true. Yeah. It is true. And you shouldn't you shouldn't strive to be either. You yeah. you really cannot please everybody. I mean, I suppose it is different for me. Like my space is very positive. Very positive. Mm. It's hard to have an adverse reaction to someone baking cakes. It does happen, but pretty blessed that. Not yeah, so much for me. <laughs> yeah, the worst they're gonna maybe the worst they're gonna say is I didn't like the flavor or like it arrived, it was damaged, and you'd be like, eh, the only you know. thing I ever noticed within our industry, and I imagine that it is transferable to other industries, was when Instagram first started. Um, I noticed people getting a bit iffy about, oh, this person copied my design, or that was my idea, and now you've done it. That was a big topic on Instagram right. for our space and many design based spaces um but I took the approach from the very very outset of watching this unfold and seeing the drama that was happening with it of why would I get funny about this like I should be flattered if someone copies my design or my idea so I've always been that way and that has come back to serve me so well because it has positioned me as a leader or a source of inspiration um and it's also smart business because now instead of just customers who are looking for a cake or don't know how to bake my own industry of bakers who do what I do will purchase books from me they might want to come and do a class with me um they probably like eating cake if they make it so maybe they'll buy something from me so I'm really glad that I um did that from the outset took that negative to a a positive yeah you've gone yeah that's a really yeah (laughs) that's that's really neat like I think that's one thing I think I've said on this podcast before is, um, you know, if you can start your day by turning a negative into a positive. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, just a little mindfulness trick, right? Yes. Um, it, could, it kind of prompts you to see the positive mm. um, in everything because mm. you think throughout the day, something negative just happened. What's the positive of that? Yeah. I can, I can think <laughs> about that. What am I meant to learn here? I <laughs> yeah. do that one to myself. What is this teaching me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, that's, that's a really good story. I, I find that's, that's kind of empowering for people too, right? Because uh, you just – yeah, okay, that's, that's a challenge. Yeah, Fine. Yeah. You know, that's okay. Yeah, step up to the plate. Yeah. Um, okay, so kind of as we come to the end, I just wanted to ask you, they've got a couple of things down here. One is um, when you look back on what you've done, mm-hmm. what would you say are kind of like some of the things that you're really proud of, the achievements that you've had so far? 
Um, I think just seeing the most recent one, that whole cake melt movement, watching my yep. industry respond to that. I'm super proud of those social uh, achievements. Um, I'm proud of the book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm really proud of that. Um, I'm proud that I've stayed in it this long and ridden so many waves and fallen down and picked myself back up. I think that I'm, I'm mm. most proud of that. Yeah, staying in it. I know seven years isn't that long, but it also is in small business it's quite a long time so for I think sure I'm is. like strapped in ready for the yep. <laughs> I'll be here till I'm 100 thing now <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's great it's like resilience right it's really important yep. yeah yeah um okay the last one then is kind of that that was backwards looking it must be a bit more forward mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. um what are you excited about like what do you have Everything. goals or anything <laughs> like that you want to do with the business personally professionally yeah. anything yeah. like that too many yeah yep. okay. um, just sort yep. of filtering what I work on every day is the biggest challenge for me um huge dreamer so much so I couldn't even verbalize some of the crazy dreams that I have in my mind. But so with the children's books, um, I will be continuing mm-hmm. that and would love to see that go beyond just being books, maybe, you know, TV shows or something. I know, yeah, like cool. just really go for gold with the storybook sweets and Millie Muffin uh, line. For sweet bakes, I'm moving the business into a gifting experience so people can now jump onto my website and purchase gifts for other people and that's that's what I noticed off the back of lockdown people who were buying cake were buying it for other people and I thought well that's like some really heartwarming stuff and that's the exact space I want to move into so taking cake into this gifting Mm. experience I've got a bunch of product ideas that will will fall under that so really putting um, a lot of emphasis on the online store and servicing not just Melbourne but Australia all that stuff will be available too. Maybe not worldwide. We'll see how we go. Shipping cake. Overseas. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy my chances. Yeah, I think there's not too much strategy in the next few years because life is a bumpy road and you've got to be ready to go off the path a little bit. But as long as the uh, destination is sort of heading in the right direction is is where it's at for me. Oh, I love it. It's um, <laughs> I just yeah, I think it's just really kind of you to take the time out to chat. Today, I'm flattered. I, uh, unfortunately, Kate couldn't be here, but um, I'm sure she'll listen in, and um, like our like our listeners will love this episode. So, Alicia, thanks for joining thank me. you so much for having me. Enjoy your cake. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I'll, I'll share some photos online, maybe on my Instagram. Oh, oh yeah, first post, I first love post. it. <laughs> no, great. Once again, thanks for your time. Thank you. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. 
Rask Invest is our new investment service designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.